Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Heard about Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I'm not sure how Skype video recording works. Uh, is Pat Lane from Pat's Pulpit back once again? Uh, we know that Keegan's been here. Ryan Spaggs has been here. Now, Pat, you're back on the show. How are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me. It's uh, excited to be here Thursday night, getting ready for the weekend. I'm... Uh... I'm ready to go. I'm happy this is the weekend. Exactly. And you know what? We're actually now officially under four months away from the start of the regular season of the National Football League. So another good thing to look forward to. Weekend, schedule's out, draft's over with, which yep. I know is still like some depression depression from that just because it's like this thing you worked for, like you worked up for, and then all of a sudden it's gone. But you right. know what? Now it's like we're starting to get the gears in motion, if you will, towards the start of the season. Yeah, well, rookie minicamp's going on right now, isn't it? I mean, it's not open to the public, but going on right now, so... Um, which is cool. So we're happy to see that. And of course, you know, it's funny cause some, some places have it open. The Patriots really haven't had it open ever. Um, but I remember as a kid, geez, back in 94, 95, maybe even 96, I don't know, uh, going to old Foxborough stadium. And at that time, the, uh, the pro shop was in a trailer and, uh, going and like asking, asking rookies for autographs and stuff. And, getting autographs from Dave Volabaugh, who uh, was went to Syracuse and actually left the Patriots in the expansion draft uh, in 99 and was the first center, first starting center for the for the, the new Cleveland Browns in 99 uh, when they came back. So it was just interesting. We actually, funny story there, Kendrick Bullard, who was a guy who um, was a kick returner for the Patriots for not for very, didn't make the team, but we're in the pro shop. My mom is buying a jacket for my dad. And we're literally, I mean, it's, when I say it's a trailer, like I'm, I'm being serious. It was an actual trailer. Like the pro shop was in a trailer and she's like going to buy this thing. And she just started talking to this kid and he, they were just chatting and this and that. And he's like, Oh, he's like, let me, why don't you use my discount? And she's like, Oh, she's like, do you work here? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a player. She was like, what? And, and this kid was like the nicest kid ever. And she was like, Hey, she's like, you know, if you make the team, like come over, well, you know, he was from like Florida or something like that. And she was like, you know, this and that, like he was talking about how he missed home cooked meals. And she was like, listen, you know, come by anytime. You know, I love to cook. Like you can come by and have like a dinner or whatever. And she gave him like the house number. 
And uh, and then we were like, you know, well, I'm like, mom, what are you doing? Like, the guy's not going to call you. You know, like, what are we doing here? You know, and uh, and like two weeks later, the kid calls up and he's like, hey, how's it going? Like, Mrs. Lane, how are you doing? This and that. And like, you know, and then we we're just like, then we just chatted like for, you know, him and my dad or and my mom chatted for like five or ten minutes or whatever. And he ended up getting cut. Um, but uh, I think he. He latched on with Jacksonville for the year, uh, just as like a special teams guy or something like that. But it was so cool. I was like, imagine if that kid had made the team and like come comes over for like a you know for like a family dinner night or something like that. It would have been so cool. But uh, it w- wasn't meant to be, you know. Exactly. It's but that's just such a cool story though. Even the fact that still you got to talk to him and that he yeah. actually called. It's not like oh hey yeah I'll do this. Like right. Imagine a day there's a family in like the Foxborough or like is it North Attleboro that's near there? Uh, South Attleboro. Yeah, I know that. Wait, no, that was yeah, pretty decently close. Yeah, right. Foxborough, Walpole, around there. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's why would you? Why would you know the surrounding towns to 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 Foxborough? You know what I mean? All I know is that it's forty minutes south from uh, downtown Boston. I believe. <laughs> yep. But um, the fact, like, imagine now it's like a family's there, and it's just like, oh, hey, who are you? It's like, oh, I'm Christian Barmore. Uh, yeah, right. we're missing home, right. and it's just like, do you want to come over? It's probably like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just kind of <sighs> funny, you know. Yeah. The other thing I was just remembering, too, is the last time you and I talked was a few days before the chaos ensued, if you will, and we had no idea what we were doing. And then I remember, I'll always remember March 15th and 16th well, because I remember free agency had opened, like, the legal tampering window. And then my girlfriend and I decided to go driving, and then all of a sudden, like, we had to go run some errands. And she just looks at me, hey, uh, who's, she's like, Janu Smith. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, all right, I'm driving. I wish I wasn't driving. Right. And then I was like, okay, cool. If we don't get Hunter Henry, that's fine. Next day I'm at work, I open Twitter, I see Schefter, I'm like, like, it's like one yeah. of those, like, it's like the scratch your eye moment. It's just like the right. best of both worlds that we got both of them. But like, I feel like the draft and the free agency couldn't have gone better for the Patriots. Yeah, free agency was unbelievable. I mean, we, you know, we do, we do our instant reaction podcast. And so I did an instant reaction podcast on my prep period that day because you know, they signed John U. Smith and it's like nine o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, Oh, perfect. This is my prep. Like, great. So I record it. I go live on Twitter, but I also recorded it at the same time. So then I post it. I post it five minutes after I post it, they had signed someone else. And I'm like, what the hell? Like what's, what, what do we, what the hell's happening? And so then they, you know, they have the boom on the first day and you're like, this is great. Like, you know, they signed, they signed Aguilar, they signed Kendrick Bourne, they signed John U. Smith, they signed Matthew Judon. You're like, oh my God, they're spending all this money. This is amazing. And then we had a discussion the first night. The first night, uh, it was me, Spags, Brian Phillips, and Ryan Kieran. And we're like, hey, you know, John U. Smith probably fits what the Patriots do better than Hunter Henry does, anyways. Like, I oh, was, a, you know, it's a good signing by them to go to go get John U. Smith. And you know, so we didn't end up with Hunter Henry, and it's surprising because we all thought that Bill loved him, but like, yeah, you know, we can see why he did it. And the next day, you wake up, and it's like they did what? I remember I posted my response, my the gift that I that I uh, I co-tweeted Schefter's report with was was uh, uh, Vince Lombardi, and I just that's that old like NFL films where he's like, "What the hell's going on out there?" And I was just like, <laughs> "I'm like, what?" Like, we signed Smith. Now we're signing Hunter Henry. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And that's, I think that one, I mean, it was awesome that first day, but the Hunter Henry signing just took everyone off guard because you're like, wait, we, we got both of them. And of course, everyone else that wanted a tight end is pissed because we draft, we signed the two best ones. And you're like, God damn it. Like we couldn't get either of them. And so it, you know, worked out for the Patriots. I think they're, 
you know, and Austin said it on our show, which will be out tomorrow morning, that you know the Patriots are the most improved team in the offseason. They they improved more than any team in the offseason and and by leaps and bounds more, right? And you could say, oh, you know, the Rams traded for for uh, Matthew Stafford and you know the uh the the Dolphins signed Will Fuller and the Jets, you know, drafted a quarterback and the in the Jaguars, blah, 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 whatever. The Patriots brought in two elite tight ends. They brought in a phenomenal edge rusher. They brought in like, you know, they, they drafted, I think the next guy, a quarterback, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but like, you know, they, they upgraded the defense. They upgraded the offense where they had the worst passing attack in the NFL last year. And they brought in two elite level tight ends and two wide receivers. They think can fit the, can fit the program. I mean, I don't know what more you want. And now you look at it and say, okay, can Cam Newton, can Cam perform? And I think, I think he'll have a significantly better season than he did. But if he doesn't, now we have a guy that can come in, step in, and play. Now, who knows if he's ready or not because Bill hates rookie quarterbacks. But if he has to, he might have to play him. But that's okay. I think he raises the the floor of where they can be as an offense simply because if Cam looks the way he did last year, they can pull him and, and be like, all right, kid, go ahead. It's yours, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know exactly how I feel. And even, too, with the Cam Newton signing, I remember I was at work, and it was the same thing. It was the Jim McBride tweet. I believe he's from the Boston yeah. Globe. And I was like, okay, at some point today, I'm going to have to go out in my car on my break and record, just record in my iPhone and upload it. Just what raw emotion I had. But then the a money amount came down with him. And I was like, okay, I feel a lot better. Like when I right. saw it was a $5 million base salary, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm glad I waited. It's like what I've heard a lot of coaches say uh, for, junior, like for junior levels, just going off topic, but with hockey, how some of them will wait till the next day. Like they won't criticize in the moment. Right. Yeah. So with this one, I waited, and I'm glad I waited because at first you probably got me, like just because I was kind of done with Cam, but I thought he was gone. But then when they signed him, and you see 14 million, you're like, like you have that like each reaction. But then when you see five million base and nine performance based, it makes you think. Look, he's gonna come in, gonna want to work his ass off to get better. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. The one love with the European writing, and then the he always (laughs) does this emoji. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah, but even too with the draft, like I remember I was watching your guys' uh, draft, like just the live stream, like we're talking about off camera. And I remember it was Keegan's famous, I am broken. Because I, I, him and I talked literally a few days before the draft. Yeah. And I remember telling him, all, like in just DMs, I feel like the pick for Mac Jones, the original instant reaction was, like, you know, when you go to your, like a restaurant for a certain dish, but then you yeah. get there and they're not serving it. Right. And then you order something and it's it's just as good. But it's not what you wanted. Because I, I feel like a lot of Pats fans wanted Justin Fields. But, and I'll admit this, I was shitting on Mac Jones all throughout the draft process just because of the whole, you know, Alabama stereotypes. And right, right. You, you thought he was being carried. But the more I'm, like, watching him and everything else, I'm not going to shit on a player that we drafted right out of the gate. I'm not going right. to, I'm not just going to come and be like, oh, yeah, he sucks. Like, no, he's not going to be good. I'm going to trust in Bill like I always do. Right. Well, and, and here's the big thing with Mac Jones, right? Because the, the the instant reaction, I mean, there's like a there's like a thirty five sec, thirty five forty second clip of us when when the trade gets announced that it's Mac that it's the Bears moving up and we're just all just like so pissed and heartbroken that it that it's the Bears and it's just like you know we all wanted Fields, all of us, and it, you know as much as and we all crapped on Mac on the Mac Jones pick, but. 
What's interesting, Phil Perry, all summer, like all not all summer, all offseason, was saying Mac Jones at 15 might not be a bad thing. All offseason, he was saying it. And we we're like, ah, you know, no, Phil, it's crazy. Like, they shouldn't drive, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, listen, Mac Jones at 15 is not a bad, it's, it's not a bad thing. And then Sam Friend moves up to number three, and everyone thinks they're taking him at three. And so then it's like, okay, if Mac is gone, then that means Fields and Lance are still there, right? And so then we can get one of those guys, Fields or Lance. And then, of course, they take Lance instead of three. And so, you know, then it was kind of like, oh, God. Like, I always, it's funny because in the back of my head, I always was just kind of like, Mac just makes sense for here. Like, he just fit. And so I was like, you know, as much as I don't really want him, it kind of makes a lot of sense that he would come here. You know, like, it just, it just kind of made sense for me. And I hated it. But again, like you said, the more you look at it, the more you read about what he can do and what he does well, the more it makes sense and the more I like it. And here's the thing, and this is what I tried to do, and, and I would recommend to anyone out there that that's that's trying to find information on Mac Jones, trying to look at, at what Mac Jones does well, is do stuff, look at things where people were breaking him down before the draft happened. Because here's the thing, right? If you get a Patriots guy, right? Let's say Lazar does a lot of does a lot of stuff that you know breaks down a lot of stuff. Lazar does a lot of stuff that and he breaks down things. Okay. Well, once he's on the Patriots, he's a Patriots player. Like Lazar's not going to shit all over him once they drafted him. Like you said, like you're, I'm not going to take a guy that's played for the Patriots now and shit all over his game. And so try to find stuff before the draft, right? From not from San Fran guys either, because they're breaking down like, oh, this guy's really good. Trust me, they'll draft him at three. Like, you know, try to so Matt Wallman and and Mark Schofield uh, do a rookie portfolio, uh, rookie portfolio, I believe it's called, um, and the they do they had an hour they have an hour long podcast really, but it's on YouTube, and you could just literally just search Matt Waldman, Mac Jones. If you just search that, it comes up. It's an hour long video of them two weeks before the draft breaking down what he does well, what he doesn't well, look was he what he doesn't do well, looking at plays. Okay, he does this well. He like I like this. I like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. It is so deep and so much, and it's great. And there's no bias. There's not like, oh, you know, I'm a Patriots guy and, and I'm trying to show why this is a good pick. Like, it, there's none of that. It's, this is the player. This is what we like about the player. This is what we don't like about the player. These are some of the limitations he has. Like, that, I think, is the most valuable because, again, there's no bias there. And so that's what I would, that's what I'd recommend um, is, is to do that because that's, that to me is the best way to do it, I think. Yeah, exactly. You just got to go in and look at that non-biased opinion. Like, even right. to how – I love – I don't know why. Like, I always have this weird love-hate relationship with the show Get Up on ESPN just because I'm – like, I've come on and yeah. said I'm not a, I'm not a big Mike Greenberg fan. The main, one of the reasons why I wasn't watching the ESPN coverage for the draft. Yeah. I watched ABC because uh, when someone named by the name of Charlie appeared on NFL Network, I clicked off. Oh, but um, God. when they were – like, they're all saying, like, oh, yeah, he's coming and he's starting week one. And I'm just like – I feel like people outside of New England just assume Belichick's just always going to do what's opposite. But people within New England or the, or it, who are within the fan base, like for example, Toronto, Canada, here, Boston area, right? We know what Bill does. Like we know exactly what makes him not tick, but like we know like exactly he's not going to start a rookie quarterback. Like yeah. I know he picked, and I love everybody too saying, uh, "Oh, but Tom." It's like Tom 
didn't start until 2001 because Drew Bledsoe almost Tom was, dead. Tom was a sixth-round pick. Yeah. And the year after they drafted Tom, Drew Bledsoe, with Tom Brady on the team, signed the richest contract in NFL history. So, like, don't sit there. I don't like, no, you know, we could go, we could backtrack and talk about, oh, you know, they were committed to Brady. No, they were not. They, Drew Bledsoe signed a 10-year, $100 million contract while Tom Brady was on the team. Like, it's not, you know, he had already been on the team for a year. So that's one of those things where it's like, yes, he stuck with him when once Drew went down. But there was never any plans. You know, it's not like they went into the 0-1 season thinking, oh, we have this guy Brady who's ready to take over. Like, no, they they went out and they committed to a quarterback long-term, and his name was Drew Bledsoe. Exactly. And the only thing he couldn't do was go, uh, I learned this in the, the book, The Dynasty yesterday, but he liked the helicopter ski, but Kraft said, like, yeah, you're not doing any more of that. Right. But right. if people want to know why Brady started, it was because Mo Lewis just absolutely demolished him. And yep. what, what I didn't realize until recently, that was the first game after the September 11th uh, was, yep. attacks. Yep. Yeah, it was. that was a wild game. You know, Andrews' brothers were there. Uh, you know, carrying the flags out, which I thought was so cool. Obviously, they were they were in nine eleven, and uh, you know, at the Twin Towers, and it was just you know, super emotional game for everyone. Bloods almost died. Like it's just, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. You think that you didn't realize he just he was on the sideline. He went back in after that. He went back in, and then they were like, uh, yeah, no, 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 you you need to come out. Like that's you're not you're not doing well, you know." And uh, and so they took him out, but you know that's what people don't realize is that he went back into the game. Like he he's a monster. Like he was an absolute warrior, uh, Bledsoe, and he just wanted to keep playing. And they were like, no. And then they rushed. They had, he had to be rushed to the hospital, going to emergency surgery. Like so, it's just you know it's one of those things where I don't think people realized even till recently how how bad it really was. You know, uh, he had lost he lost a ton of blood. And so, like, he really, I mean, he could have, he almost died, which is crazy to think. But, you know, he was back, and then he was back, like, six, seven weeks later. And then Bill was like, hey, sorry, it's Tom's team. Yeah. You know? And even, I remember seeing the part in the book where it was Scott Zolak was new to, I, I, don't, I forget what radio station it was, but he was just on assignment in New Orleans for the Super Bowl and yeah. had to ask him, hey, what are your plans for next year, even though they're friends? And he basically looked at him and went, like, fuck off. Right. Well, I mean, that's, and I don't blame him. You know what I mean? It's just like, but I will say, I will say, and I, uh, I'll say it forever. Like if he, that was Drew's team. That was Drew's team. If Drew had walked in six weeks later when he's healthy, doesn't matter what the record is, he's healthy and he he shows up and he says, Hey, I'm ready to go. And Bill said, no, sorry, I'm sticking with Tom. He could have turned that locker room against Brady. He absolutely could have. And he chose not to. And that, to me, took a ton of strength. It took a ton of uh, maturity and leadership, I think, for him to stay in there and to be so supportive of, of Brady through all of that, um, I think, was amazing. And, of course, he was hurt. It was awful. It was the worst year of his life, I'm sure. But he dealt with it because he had no other choice. And, again, like, that's not – that was not – that was never Brady's team. Even now, like, they'll meet. And, like, that's still Drew's team. Like, those guys are all Drew's guys. And, like, you know, of course, then Brady came along and then became their guy afterwards. But that was that team was a, was Bledsoe's team that, you know, Brady obviously led to a championship. And so um, I just think that it's it's interesting. And that's that's 
part of the storyline that gets forgotten sometimes is that how how important Bledsoe was. And of course, then Brady goes down in the in the AFC Championship game, and Bledsoe wins in the game, almost cost him the game, but but wins in the game. So like you know, it's it's uh it was kind of kind of a storybook ending for for Bledsoe. Obviously not the way he wanted to go, but kind of a storybook ending for him. Exactly. And then the only other game that comes to mind with the AFC Championship with Tom from that part of the Patriots career was his uh, the infamous flu game that he had in, 2000, I think it was 2004 in Pittsburgh, where he was sick as a dog, but still led him yeah. to victory. Just yep. goes to show the whole competitive spirit, and obviously we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but to say, I was going to say, we can move on to the schedule right now, just, you know, kind of yeah. like crack that book Good. open. We can talk a little more draft later, but I, I found it weird that week one, like Miami, I'm like, all right, whatever. Right. The 425 start times will kind of caught me off guard, but I feel like it's because they know people will watch because it's the Patriots. Well, yeah, and Miami's Miami's good this year. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Like, I, I think Miami's going to be a good team. I think the Patriots, everyone expects to be a pretty good team. And so why not give them a primetime game? I love it because I love the I love the 425 games, uh, going to the 425 games. It's funny because they, they play a 425 game, then they play t- the Tampa game on a Sunday night, and the rest of the games at home are all 1 o'clock games, uh, which kind of sucks. Right? Well, that's not true. The Dallas game's a 425 game. Um, and then the rest of the games are, are 1 o'clock games. But, you know, I, I I understand where you're coming from. It is a little strange. And I, we're not used to it because the Dolphins are yeah. always 1 o'clock games, right? Uh, but I do like that because, yeah, I mean, Miami now all of a sudden is a pretty good team. Like, they... The AFCs this year, you could have three teams that win ten games this year. You 100%. know, I think that's a really a very real possibility. Yeah. The only other reason why I don't like it is because I really want to watch that Chiefs versus Browns game, but then I'm gonna have mm. like my one TV and I'm gonna have like red zone going on my laptop or the Chiefs, the Chiefs Browns game. That's the only reason why. Because I I also said this in my podcast yesterday that I don't think Rams and Bears should be the Sunday Night Football game, but that's just me. Yeah, Rams. That's a, that's a crappy game. But what do you know? Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields' first game, though. I mean, I mean, maybe, unless yeah. it's going to be uh, Nick Foles. You know, oh. you never know. <laughs> Nick Foles and Matthew Stafford on Sunday Night Football. Everybody, here you go. Um, but no, like, like I said with the Dolphins, I'm fine with it. I guess, the, like we said, I think I'm just so conditioned to like one o'clock Miami games. Where, right. yeah. The only other thing I said about that game is it just. I already know it's going to be Eagle. I know you'll probably be at the game, but I and Eagle and Charles Davis, if I had to put money on it, that's my. Uh... No, no chance. No chance. Really? Uh, 425 game? No way. I and Eagle gets the one o'clock games. He's all, he's a one o'clock only. I think at least he's like the D squad. So like, I can't imagine them giving him a 425. I mean, a, a national game for I and Eagle. I don't know. I don't know about that. He's a, he's a I, regional guy. <laughs> I, think. I, I don't, I only said it because I know that Romo and Nance are going to be in uh, Kansas City calling. Oh, Romo and Nance will be in Kansas City. So they'll get the B squad. They'll get whoever the B squad is. I don't know who that is, but um, I'm trying to think who the B squad is over there. Kevin Harlan? Uh, might be Harlan. See, that's good. See, that's Kevin Harlan's. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you won't get Romo because Romo is uh, definitely going to be in Kansas City. But, you know, uh, you won't I don't get, know. You won't I don't get know. Pat. Uh... <laughs> God, that guy, dude. Oh. <laughs> And then we move on to week two, where what a welcome to your new home for Zach Wilson than getting Bill Belichick at for your home opener in front of your like what, your mean, the franchise. I just feel I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for him. Like, yeah. Patriots rebuild defense going in, especially going not only that but going into the game that Bill circles on the calendar every year. These two games. Yeah. You know, I said I said before the draft that you know <laughs> that 
there are two things that Bill Belichick hates in this life, and that's the New York Jets and rookie quarterbacks. Like he just he he hates rookie quarterbacks and he hates the Jets. And he circles that game every year, both those games, and says we need to win those games. And if you you know they could go two and fifteen, and he wouldn't be happy. But as long as those two games are against the Jets, he'd be like, okay, yeah, that's not great. But what are you gonna do? You know? Exactly. It's just like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's not just like, oh, Zach Wilson's first game. Like the fact that this is his first game at home, and yeah, there's potential for Bill Belichick just to make him look. See, see I'm not see some ghosts not, out there. Yeah. yeah if we can get that, just him, just having that like awkward like smile, laugh, like from Monday yeah. Night Football a couple years ago. Oh, that'd be that would be perfect. Yeah, no, not great. Yeah, and then we move back home for us for week three, taking on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I saw someone tweet about saying, oh, this game would have been good five years ago. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's true, Brady Breeze. But this game still could be Cam Newton versus Jameis Winston in the in the Fox 1 o'clock window, which I think that may be, eh, you never know, Could it could be Kevin Burkhart, but it may be, maybe, I don't know who else is. Mike, Mike, you might get Iron Eagle for that one. <laughs> but... Um... But oh no, you know what? That's that's a Fox game though, right? Yeah. So you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So, um, but that, I, yeah, no, uh, that's look, James. Whatever. I think the Saints gonna stink this year. So like, that's Saints gonna be playing a lot of one o'clock games, and with James in there, he's gonna throw a billion picks. It's just like, yeah, throw it for a ton of yards. But like, it's just they should win that game. I mean, in my opinion, they should be going into the Brady game three and zero. Now, whether they win that first game against Miami, I'm not sure. But they should be going into that Tampa Bay game at three and zero, in my opinion. So we do we'll get a break. Time. Sorry to cut you off, but we do get a break without Will Fuller for the Miami Dolphins, though, because he's serving the last game of his PED suspension. That's right. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Jalen Waddle is obviously a problem, but but you know Fuller and Waddle on the field at the same time—that's more of a problem. So so you're right about that. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yep. The only thing I'm going to say about the Miami game is I feel like. I, I feel like week one, we win. Week 18, we lose. Just because, like, it's the same thing. We're conditioned to believe it. It happens every year. But also, too, year. I could see Tua coming out and stinking in that week one game, and then the national media is like, oh, I can't believe they didn't draft quarterback, this, this, or this, yeah. and then Miami figures it out. Yeah. I think Miami, I think Tua's going to be fine. Miami figures it out eventually. Like I said, I, I think, I expect them to finish 10-7. and 7. Maybe 9-8, and 8, but I expect them to finish 10-7 and 7 this year at, at the worst, in my opinion. Before we move on to the next game, which obviously is one of the most important, one the important one, you're the first person I haven't had to go, oh, by the way, we got 17. And they're like, oh, that's so weird to say. Like, you're the first yeah. person who's organically saying, like, these new records. I hate it. But, like, that's, yeah. But that's, yeah. I mean, it's it's there. So, trying to get used to it. You know, I'll probably screw it up, just like I call the Chargers San Diego. Although, I kind of do that intentionally, to be honest with you. Or, or, yeah, calling the, or calling the va- or calling the Raiders from Oakland. You know, it's like one of those things. I'll get it eventually. Yeah, it, it happens to the best of us. Right, right. And then uh, moving on to week four, obviously, the only Sunday night – this is the weirdest one for me, the only Sunday night football game of the year for the Pats. But yeah. Patriots, Buccaneers, it's – this probably will be one of the most emotional games in in New England history for both I would sides. Think so. like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Bills game – in 02 was, you know, when Bledsoe comes back, the Colts game in 06, no, 07, no, 06, when Vinatieri comes back. Like, some of those games were were emotional. Obviously, Vinatieri, you win three Super Bowls with him. The guy's, you know, the greatest kicker ever. 
Yeah. There were people in the stands booing Adam Vinatieri, and I like I lost my mind. Like, what is wrong with you booing Adam Vinatieri? Like, you idiot. Um, there will be no one booing Tom Brady. No. <laughs> you know, so and look, you're right. Like, he should get, and and we'll see how they do it. I, what I hope that they do is that they send Brady out like on his own, basically, because. He's going to get a five-minute standing ovation. I mean, he's going to get a five-minute. The people are going to go absolutely nuts for you know for a long time, and they and he deserves it. He deserves you know a, a five-minute standing, a ten-minute standing ovation for God's sakes from from the crowd. Uh, Brady Senior was on today with I don't know if he was on with Zoe, and I don't know who he was on with, but he said he goes, you know, I expect him to, to obviously you know greet him well and this and that, and then once the game starts. You might hear some booing because he doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. You know, they're Patriots fans. And I I semi agree with that. Um I do think that, you know, that he that he'll he's part of this team. Like he's he's just part of the Patriots. Like he's playing for Tampa Bay right now, but like it's hard to root against him because he's Tom Brady. Like he's just so even if you're even when the Patriots are playing the the Bucks, like of course you want to win that game, but like it's Brady. Like you can't, you're like, you can't be upset because it's Brady, you know? And I will say, it's about Bill circle in the game. I mean, imagine if Tom comes in and the Patriots hand him an L. Oh my God, man. And Belichick, like, you know, Brady throws like three picks or something. I mean, like that would be, that'd be unbelievable. That would be unbelievable if they do. But my, this was going to happen. And I'll just, we'll mark it down right now. Like you write it in Sharpie for God's sakes right now. Patriots going to lead. Patriots going to take the lead. It's going to be back and forth. They're going to be winning by like four or five in the fourth quarter. And Brady's going to take Tampa Bay down in the last three minutes of the game and score throw a touchdown pass with like a minute and a half left. And the and the and the Bucks are going to win. And we're just going to be sitting there like, God damn it! Like <laughs> Brady did to us too. Like it's just what are you going to do? You know? I think I believe so. Manning's beaten all thirty-two teams. Peyton Manning's beaten all thirty-two teams. I believe. I'm pretty sure. Brady's beaten 31, I'm assuming. I, I can't imagine there's a team he hasn't beaten yet. Um, I think it's a safe bet. So this is it. He gets. He's not going to play the Patriots again unless he plays them in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I mean, theoretically, he could play for four more years. Who knows? But, um, you know, but this is his shot to, to beat all 32. So it would be interesting to see what happens if, uh, if the Patriots are able to pull out the victory. That would be amazing. But again, like I said, I just feel like I feel like the perfect ending of that game, as much as I would love a Patriots win, I feel like the perfect ending to that game would be one of those games where, like, Brady's kind of off. He has one of those crap Brady games and then pulls it together in the fourth quarter and, and just, and like, wills the team to victory. And you just sit there at the end and you're like, how the hell did we lose that game? Like, how did that just happen? And that, I mean, think about how many times that's happened to other teams over the course of the last 20 years. And then for that to happen to the Patriots, to Tom, you know, against Tom Brady, I I just, I can't imagine ending any other way, to be honest with you. Exactly. I I was was just on YouTube earlier tonight, and I decided to look up one of my, it's one of my favorite, not only game-winning touchdowns, one of my favorite radio calls. I don't listen to the radio for Pat's games just because obviously not in the area, but it's the New Orleans 2013, like, unicorns, show ponies, where's the beef? It's like, I, as soon as you were saying that like game winning finish, I'm like, that's what I can see happening. Just, that was like, it. I can finish like that. I was at I was at a wedding that day. Uh, my buddy got married that day, and so I wasn't at the game. 
And uh, I was listening, you know, kind of going on my phone. My wife's yelling at me the whole time. What are you doing on your phone? I'm like, listen, Patriots are playing. What do you want me to do? You know? And so I'm on the phone and this and that and uh, and whatever. So my buddy's father ends up pulling his van around the back of the of the reception place. And he's got the van outside turned on with the radio blasting. So I went out to go to the bathroom and someone's walking in from outside with like a big smile on their face. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And they're like, go, go outside. And I like, go outside and there's like seven or eight dudes standing around the car, like listening to the game. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so we were outside. Uh, we were outside listening to the game and it was like the fourth quarter and Brady had already threw a pick. And I was te- my sister was texting back and forth with me because she was at the game. And, and I was like, God damn it. Like they lost. He threw a pick with like, Two and a half minutes left to go in the game. It was like there was no chance they could win. And then they won and you they get the ball back. And you're like, how the hell did they get the ball back? And then they score. And so I actually listened to it on the radio. I listened to that Zolak call live on the radio as it happened. And we were going nuts, jumping up and down. It was wild. And then, then that night was the night that that Ortiz hit the grand slam against the Tigers in the ALCS. And you have, you know, uh the famous picture of Hunter. Going over the going over the uh, the wall with the with the cop in the background raising yeah. his arms up like that that one one of the best days in Boston sports history obviously not championship related uh, yeah. one of the best days in Boston sports history so uh, it's pretty cool yeah no I just think of that play the where unicorn show ponies and then his voice is going who's your quarterback oh god that guy man <laughs> it was oh. awesome <laughs> Kembrell Tompkins it's my dude oh Patriots legend Kembrell Tompkins yep. And then moving on here, week five at the Texans. Oh, man, that's going to be – that hopefully goes better than the last two years because for some reason the Texans suck when they come to Foxborough, but the Patriots for some reason just don't – not struggle, but they can't play a perfect game when they're ever in Houston. Well, that's very true. Uh, however, if Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback, I don't think there'll be much of an issue. Oh, no. Maybe Davis Mills is the quarterback down there. Who knows? Uh, I actually might be at this game. Uh, it is Columbus day weekend. So I'm going to, I think I might head down there. So we'll see still up in the air, but, um, but we did. So Tennessee in 2018 was Columbus day weekend. I went to that game too. So, uh, I'm thinking that this might, this might be a good, cause then you don't have to miss a day of school. It's great. Yeah. Like you go down, you don't even miss a day. So, uh, as a teacher, it's like almost more work to be out than it is to like be in, you know? So, yeah. So it's uh it's it's a good opportunity. We figured we figured it'd be it'd be nice to get down. Uh, Hughes, I've never been I've never been down there, so it might be cool. So, but that should be a bloodbath. I mean, we'll see. But that should be it. I expect Houston to be the worst team in the league. I mean, they, their win total I think in Vegas like three and a half right now. Three and a half in a seventeen game season is three and a half. That's insane. I mean, you and I were on here the day David Colley got hired by them, and we both looked at each other and said, "What the hell is up with them?" Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But again. I, it, well, not that I'm a betting person. If I was, I'd be hammering, hammering that over three and a half. Because what, I mean, who knows? What if Davis Mills comes in and like is good? Then you're like, holy crap. Like we're good and we win five games. Four games. All you need to do is win four games out of 17. That's nothing. Yeah. So it could happen. We'll see. But, but yeah, that should be fun. That should be a fun game. I'm looking forward to that one. So uh, again, not 100% sure I'll be going, but, but I'm hoping. That's also Canadian Thanksgiving, so I'll be watching. Oh, look at that. That's, that, that's, that, that's my turkey day. So I'll be watching that game at 1 o'clock, and then I'll be having a nice turkey dinner. Beautiful. 
Yeah, there which I, and then I'll and then I, what I did last year, which I'll start doing going forward, is I took uh, American Thanksgiving the Thursday off, stayed home, watched football, and I was That's like, I could get used to this. Mm-hmm. Yep, especially if, yeah. you're not, if you're not celebrating, it's like, what the hell? It's beautiful. No. Get, get Wake up, walk the pops, walk yeah. the pops, and then just chill and watch the games. That's right. I love yeah. it. It's a great idea. Yeah, week six, and now this is the one I like. Week six, Dallas Cowboys, but the four twenty-five time start time just because. Uh, I already have a feeling we're going to get Buck and Aikman on that one. And they did oh, the game two oh, you're getting Buck and Aikman on that one, for sure. And they did it two years ago, and they were just so, like, I was just like, okay, I don't like Troy Aikman calling Cowboys games. Like, I know. Uh, like, okay, buddy, that's we get it. You played for them. Like, yeah. That's like, you're right. That's what we get. Right. Um, but I mean, we'll see. From, see what happens yeah. to them. Go ahead. Yeah. The only thing I was going to say is, you know how we were saying earlier 17? I still feel like 17, though, is a roadmap to 18 eventually happening. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe I just 18. It's a lot of games, man. That's a lot of games. Uh, and I know it's, you know, then you only have three preseason games now. And so then you only have two, like I get it, but I mean, look, I said 17 was a lot and they're playing 17. So I don't know whether that's going to happen. I will say for them to do that, they'd have to push it back a week. Like they're starting they're start, it's weird because they're starting the season. Like the first week of preseason games is when the second week of preseason games would typically be, which is weird. I don't know why they're doing that because they're finishing on January 9th. It's just, yep. there's no need to do that. Like you're, it's still 20 weeks. Like why are you, why are you starting later this year than you do last year? So um, I'm not really sure why, although I think, I think it has something to do with labor. I think labor day is, is the um what's that the sixth so because yeah. labor day is the sixth then they start the sunday after labor day i think is typically how they do it so that's why they're starting on the 12th instead i believe is is the reason why strange but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why and so if they start you know they start the regular season that time every year if they're going to do that then that means if they're going to keep that consistent if you keep 18 games now you're talking about going until mid-january then you're going to be playing the Super Bowl mid-February at the earliest, right? Even late February at that point. But if you're the NFL, that might be what they want because, you know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, people are going to pay. People are going to go. People are going to watch it. So, like, you know, what the hell? Rake in the money and and uh, and kind of go from there. And then you don't have as big of a gap, right? You have – it ends. Free agency starts in, in you know, March. Draft is in, you know, late late – uh, late April, early May, and then training camp starts in July, and, and then you're playing for 12 months out of the year. The NFL is 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 the king the whole time. I just think at some point it's overload. I I just I it could be overload. I just look at the way that the owners think, like how they were right. trying to get 17 forever. I feel like eventually they're trying for 18, or even I wouldn't be shocked if we saw an NFL with. Uh, 16 playoff teams where if they give a second team a buy and you add in a fourth wild card. Like, I, I'm just throwing stuff out there, but I just feel like yeah. the NFL, if they see opportunities to make money, they'll do it. Right. Right. I mean, it makes sense. You know, well, you couldn't, you wouldn't be able, if you did that, you wouldn't be able to give anyone buys because then you'd have an odd number of teams the next year, the next week. Uh, right? True. Wouldn't true. You? That makes, no, you wouldn't. That was stupid. Am I wrong about that? I feel like Let's that's see, wrong. Three versus eight. No, uh, no, never yeah. mind. You, no, no, you, that's you dumb. 
No, you wouldn't because you would have three. You're right. So you'd have three versus eight. Four and you'd have seven. four versus seven. And you'd have five versus six. And then yeah. the next week you would have, you know, the winner, whatever, the lowest seed plays one. So then, so then that would be, that was three games we've just mentioned, right? Yeah. So you'd have three winners of that game. So you'd have three winners, two of them. No, yeah. You'd have three winners and two of them would play. No, it wouldn't make sense because you have three two games and then there. you have right. two. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, because you'd have because you'd have three teams left and you'd have two teams that need an opponent. So then you'd have two games and you'd have one team that was just chilling. Yeah. So you would they wouldn't have a matchup. So you'd have to do they they wouldn't do that because they don't want to get rid of a buy. Like it's too val a buy is too valuable. I think at least. So you wouldn't do the you wouldn't do like the the uh, the NBA version or the NHL version for that matter, and have yeah. one play eight or whatever. It's just not. You might as well keep it at seven and give one team the buy, you know? Yeah. People regard what I just said. You know what? And also, the, the like, even last year, too, the whole – I know we were on the outside looking in. Right. But watching, watching the three games in the day stress-free wasn't exactly – like, you want to be there, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't, I mean, it really – it didn't feel like playoff football, right? I mean, it didn't no. – I wasn't – I mean, I was invested, but I wasn't as invested as I, as I typically am, obviously – the Brady games and stuff. I was, you know, I was invested. Um, but you know, it's yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for some more drama this year. The Patriots get back in the playoffs, but, but we'll we'll see if that happens or not. But I think based on the schedule, they can. I really do. I mean, at this point, right now, through the through the, so we're we're through six games here. Yeah. The Dallas game would be a tough game. At worst, they should be four and two after six games. At worst, they should be yeah. four and two. And so now you're looking around saying. Four and two at the six games is that's not bad, you know. Yeah. And then week seven's against the Jets, so like yeah. at home that should be an easy dub. So now you're talking five and two. I don't know, man. Like that's you know, that sounds like a no gas all breaks kind of game. Does kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, the Jets still haven't figured it out. Week seven, the kids still in there, like. Still, you know, the game's still moving too fast for him. And he gets Belichick again, and then he has to go into Gillette. Like, man, no, no, that's not cool. <laughs> He's going to get, it's going to be ugly. Yeah. The only other anti-Jet thing I'll say is, um, there's a video circulating on Twitter yesterday. I think for most annoying NFL wife or mom, Brittany Mahomes has competition Ugh. now with uh, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Wilson and her little... We're not going to get too too much into it, but she decided to have some words for Disney, and uh, she follows that Marjorie Taylor oh. Green woman on Twitter, who I believe no is a politician. Problem. So mm-hmm. all you need to know about the Wilson clan. Yeah, no, it's not great. Not great. Yeah, not great. Hashtag not great. That's your quarterback, New York Jeff, New York fans. <sighs> um, but then this this game on Halloween against the Chargers. This I don't think it'll be forty five nothing again. No, I would love it, but I think this this could be. This could be a pretty sneaky good game. Four or five star. Obviously, it's a West Coast game, but I like that. I like the Chargers team a lot. I think the Chargers yeah. are a good team. I think Herbert's poised to do well. Now it's Belichick, and Belichick against first and second year quarterbacks typically does quite well. Now yeah. they crushed them last time. You're right. That's not going to happen again. Forty five nothing was an aberration. That was like the that was the worst game they played all year. It was it was the Special worst game they played all year. Special teams was unbelievable, and they they just they destroyed them on every single facet of the game, offensively, defensively. Special teams it was amazing. That won't happen again. I mean, that's a, that's you know one of those things. But I agree with you. It's a competitive game. I expect them to win that game. So again, now we're talking six and two at this point. Like, yeah. you know, like 
this is now we're rolling. We're rolling now at six and two. Like now we're looking at it saying, holy crap, like this team is good. Right. And again, are they good? I think so. But like at to this point, then they've played a second year quarterback, two second year quarterbacks in Tua and, and Herbert, a rookie quarterback, the same rookie quarterback twice. Right. Jameis Winston, right? Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Like, so that, those are your six wins right there. So, like, and then your two losses theoretically would be against Brady and Dak. So, like, yes, sure. If we're six and two at that point, like, I'm happy. I'm excited that we're like, okay, we're like fighting for the playoffs. But at the same time, like, yeah, that's great. But, like, let's see what happens later on in the year when the schedule gets more difficult. Week 9, really not much more difficult because you're playing Sam Bradford and the, and the uh, Carolina Panthers, who are fine. But, like, yeah. Sam Bradford, if Sam Bradford beats you, like, no, that's that's not good. That's no good. That, you can't let that happen. So, so to me, I think that that's, a, that's another win. Then you said it at 7-2? Yeah. Like, 7-2 and two and you're like, holy, holy crap, we got a chance here. We got a chance to win the division, maybe, you know? Exactly. I wouldn't. Yeah. Then I wouldn't be shocked if uh, week ten though versus Cleveland. I well, wouldn't be shocked if that's a loss. That's a no for sure. Uh, and I, I shouldn't say for sure. That's not true. But but I like Cleveland a lot this year. I think Cleveland, to me, is you know is going to compete for the. I think the three best teams in the AFC, in my opinion, are Buffalo. Kansas City and Cleveland. I think Cleveland yeah. is 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 the class of the AFC North. I think they're gonna they're gonna wash that division, in my opinion. They got significantly better. I think their defense got better. Um, they're continuing to build an offense. Like I just think, I think that team's gonna be a good team. Uh, they're gonna figure things out. I wouldn't be surprised if they won 12, 13 games this year. And so, you know, you see that team go, you know, twelve and five, thirteen and four, maybe even fourteen and three. Like. Who knows? But that's a good, good team, I think. And so I, I expect that to be a loss by the Patriots. Um, but again, if they can play, this is where now it's like, okay, we got some challenges, right? So the question isn't, do we necessarily win those games? The question is, how do we play against those teams? Like, yeah. are you going to beat Cleveland? Probably not. But are you going to give Cleveland a game? Like, you're at home. You got a shot to beat Cleveland. So, like, are you going to – and by the way, if the Patriots are 7-2 and two and Cleveland comes in and they're whatever their record is – I'm pretty sure those are all flexible games. So that yeah. that game could easily be a 425 game. Um, you know, if you're looking at the 7-2 Patriots versus the 8-1 and Browns or 7-2 and Browns, whatever the case may be, that might be a 425 game, you know? Yep, I just want to look even to see what uh, Sunday Night Football is for that week just to see if the possibility of that getting in week 10. Uh, it's Kansas City and Vegas. So I don't know yeah. if they would flex Mahomes out. but nah, it's not they could... moved. No, they can move it to four. If they move it to four twenty-five, I think um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next one up on the docket is uh, Week Eleven, the third, our only Thursday night game of the year at Atlanta. I feel like we could win, but I feel like that's a potential for a trap, just in the sense of like you know the short right. week travel, yeah, all that, all that fun stuff. Because Patriots usually are home for the Thursday game. It was just only last year, and I think this year we're we're on the road. Yeah. Uh... Two oh, years, right. two years against ago. Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Was that four years ago? Jesus Christ, that was four yeah. years ago now. Yeah. Four years ago now uh, yeah, in Tampa. So they wore the all white. Um, that's right. They wore those all white uniforms, which yep. I wish they'd bring back. I know, I know. So I still want the red backs. Who cares about the stupid all white? I just want the I just want the red, the red, the red uh, jerseys. 
But no, that's I think they're setting up the red jerseys, but that's a whole new conversation. But uh but the Atlanta game I, I know it's so which is so dumb. Yeah. Um the Atlanta I mean that should be a win, right? That should be a win. But you're right. Like I can see it Thursday night, that's a tough game, but I mean, Atlanta stinks, man. They're not yeah. good. They're just not that defense is atrocious. That defense is awful. And they're gonna throw for a million yards like Matt Ryan. He's like he's garbage time quarterback, right? He he's got all these yards, but they're all in garbage time because his defense is always terrible. Uh, and so he just throws for a billion yards every game because they're losing by twenty points, and so he has to, you know. Um, I do I do agree with you though. I mean, yeah, I could see them losing that game. They should win though. And so you know, if they do, now you got eight wins already. You're eight and three, and like you still got Jackson on the schedule. So like you know, so we'll see. But Tennessee Tennessee's the next week right at home. But see, this is where so it's like one o'clock. Then you get but well, I guess then it's Buffalo Monday night. But that Tennessee game, another one, right? So you're sandwiched in now here, right? Cleveland tough game, Atlanta. You should probably win. You have a long week off because you're playing Thursday and then the next Sunday. But Tennessee, that's a tough game, man. Tennessee is a really good team. Um, and again, how do you play against them? That's the big thing. Like, how do you play against the Titans? Do you do you put up a fight? Do you hold your own? Do you maybe even beat them, or do you get stomped? And then you're like, okay, this team isn't isn't for real, right? They got stomped by the Browns. They got stomped by the by the Titans, and they got to go into Buffalo next week. And it's like, okay, like it could get really ugly if they get into Buffalo and they get smoked. And now it's like, yeah, great, we have eight wins, but like nobody feels good about this eight and four team or whatever, like or eight and five team, everyone looks at this team and says, Oh crap, like we're screwed. We're going to go, we're going to have nine wins and finish nine and eight and then be like, well, that's great. Cause we're picking friggin' 15th again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. when I say, by the way, the Atlanta trap game, I just say in the sense of, I think we'll win, but I think it'll be closer than what people right. like think. Like it could no, be like, say yeah. 24 to 21, something like that. You know, those Thursday games are always weird, right? Like always, ever since they started doing the Thursday nights consistently, like they're always, every single time you watch one of those games, it's never like, it's never like a super close game. It's all, it's never like a, uh, like, you know, a normal game. There's always something weird that happens. I mean, the, the Patriots charges game was a Thursday night game last year, right? When they, when they washed up, the, when they wiped the floor with them, wasn't it? Or was it the Rams game that was Thursday night? It was the Rams game when we got walked. Oh, Rams games. We got killed on Thursday and then we played, yeah. we played them on Sunday. Okay. On the yeah. week, but okay. So either way, but either way, it's like, you know, they get killed by the Rams on Thursday. Then the next Sunday they smoked the chargers who looked like a playoff team. So you were like, what the hell? So yeah. it's just, you know, yeah. But, no, yeah. The Tennessee game just worries me just because, like, obviously we all say, hey, Belichick's playing. Uh, it's the quote from Denzel Washington from, I think, training day. This this is chess. Ain't, this ain't checkers. This is chess. Mike Vrabel right. can play chess with Bill Belichick. We've seen yeah. it twice already. That's the only <laughs> thing that concerns me. That's another game where, hey, if New England can hang, I feel like they're good. And the key to beating them really is, you know what? Stop Derrick Henry. Well, I think I think they're loading up to do that. I think the defense is going to be significantly better, and I think they've committed to stopping the run. You saw Barmore, you saw Henry Anderson, you saw Judon, you saw Godshaw. Uh, they brought Lawrence Guy back. Like they are committed to stopping the run with their with their defense. Right? They keep adding edge players. Ronnie Perkins had a ninety had a was the only defender in football last year to have a ninety grade against the pass and against the run. 
And so, uh, which I thought was interesting. So it's a cool article about him. So I didn't get to, I, I, I flagged it. And I didn't get a chance to read it, but, um, but about him trying to overcome some of that, some of the uh, question marks with him after a failed drug test um, that really pushed him out. And he's a guy that, you know, was predicted and some people had him going in the first round and he goes at 96. I mean, it was just, you know, he fell like crazy. So that was, you know, we'll see, we'll see of course, but, um, but I, I, I expect some things out of him this year. Exactly. And then, like you said to Buffalo Monday night football, I feel like no matter where we're, we're, where we're at or where they're at Buffalo, I, I say this and I'm, I'm committed to it. Buffalo, I, I'm pretty sure we live in rent free in the heads of Bill's hands. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm fully oh, convinced yeah. of it. Like, there was a sign at the Baltimore game last year where it was, like, something about, like, the Patriots. And I'm just like, yeah, we live rent-free in their heads. Like, right. they – like, I feel like until they win a Super Bowl, they're going to always circle the New England game on their calendar. Well, this is – I mean, that's it. Like, the and the Bills beat us – they swept the series last year. Yeah. They almost didn't beat us in Buffalo, but they did. But this, again, is a game where if the Patriots are kind of hanging around – and the Bills have a, have a good lead in the division, but the Patriots are kind of hanging around, not out of it yet. This could be a game that turns the tide, right? Because all of a sudden, Patriots win that game, and the fans start being like, oh, no. Oh, the Patriots again? Like, when we get to deal with the stupid team again? And, you know, and so it's just like it's one of those things where, like you said, it's just it's in your head, you know? And you see, okay, they had, a, they had an off year, but now they get eight wins, and they're coming into Buffalo. And, yeah, you know, they played Cleveland and Tennessee pretty tight, and – you know, we've been playing well too, but like, who knows? And then they come in and beat you. And then you're like, oh no, like maybe we're not as good as we were last year and maybe they're better than us. And so it's like that whole mental thing that kind of comes with it where you're like, then you panic, you know? And this is a huge game for the Patriots because their buy comes next late, obviously the latest buy they've ever had because there's never been a week 14 buy, but you know, a super late buy. But what is interesting about it is that you start looking around and you say, okay, well, if that's the case and you have, you know, a bye the next week, if you beat Buffalo that game and then you and then you go into your bye, I mean, what a way to start your bye to, you know, to beat your rival on Monday Night Football would be amazing uh, in their house. Never, yeah. you know, no, no, no less. So so we'll see. And, it, you know, I mean, you can spin it both ways, right? You lose that game, too. And it's like, oh, you know, uh, we're able to kind of come back and, and, you know, get get our minds right and everything else. But. But a win there going into your bye week, I mean, that would be that would be really be flying after that, you know? Exactly. Like it's yeah. I, I I like if I look at the schedule right now, I would probably put an L next to that one just just because. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? At that point, if say if we're, I think we'd be nine and let's see through thirteen weeks, I would be nine and four or eight and eight and five, nine and four. That's not. Yeah. That's, if you can, that's pretty if, good. If they can knock off one of Cleveland or Tennessee, if they can beat one of those teams and be nine and four at that point, I mean, I don't know what more you could possibly ask for from from this team. You know, to be to be nine and four going into their bye would be would be amazing, and again, significantly better than they were last year, right? I mean, they only had seven wins last year, so you, to already have eclipsed the win total going into your bye would be pretty nice, you know. And then, of course, out of the bye, you're at Indy. And again, that's one of those weird ones where they they can play Saturday or Sunday, depending on what what the deal is. Um, and that one is fascinating because it's Carson Wentz, and I I know it's Indy still, and I know Indy's a good team, and they run the heck out of the ball, and they have a good defense, but like, it's Carson Wentz. Like if Carson Wentz still stinks, <laughs> like 
They're screwed. They're screwed if Carson Wentz yeah. does things. Yep, but Philly fans are hoping that they're good so they can get another first-round pick. So then they would have. Right, right, yeah, because yeah. you get into the because you get into the into the. Uh, all they have to do is make the playoffs, right? Is that is that how it works? Or is it's it either that or win seventy five percent of the games? No, is it seventy five? Yeah, you might be right. So yeah, yeah, I know a playoff berth they have to give a first round pick, and you're right, it's something else where you have they have to win X amount of games or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, then Philly has three first round picks next year. That'd be wild. Yeah. I but still the- think I still think that Miami trade was bonkers. Like I don't know yeah. what they were doing there. It just doesn't. It, I think I think they thought if we move up to six, the quarterbacks are going to go nuts. And we can trade out of six and get a, a king's ransom for six. Yeah. Um, or maybe they just love Jalen Waddle. I don't know. But either way, it's kind of like if you loved Waddle so much, like what happens if the Falcons took him at four? Like, or the, I mean, the Bengals were never going to take him at five. But either way, like yeah. you gave up a first round pick for Jalen Waddle. Like they could have stayed at 12 and drafted Devonta Smith. Like it's just kind of like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't love that. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. No, it is what it is. Um, I I always kind of like the Saturday games. Just it's just the weird and like the cool. yeah. It's the cool thing. Like we played it like two years ago against Buffalo in the game that we clinched the uh, AFC East. But like if we were even if we played Sunday, like it's not bad. It's just the whole Saturday's cool. Yeah. And before before we discuss the next week, the one thing I want to say because I'm pretty committed to it, I think the NFL is gonna maybe not pull an NBA and do five games, but I think we're gonna start seeing more consistent Christmas games going forward. Like, unless Christmas yeah. is on, like, a Tuesday or a Wednesday. But I think if Christmas is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, I think yeah. the NFL is going to be playing. I think it makes sense. I, I, it does. It absolutely makes sense. Because, what, the next week's the 26th, right? Is the next week, the yeah. next Sunday is the 26th? So, so yeah, I, to, see a, to see a Saturday game on the 25th would be interesting. I mean, the next year, right? Next year, in, the, in 2022, Sunday, Christmas is going to be on a Sunday. So, you're going to have you know, games on Sunday. Um, I know the NFL does that, but I think I remember in past years when Christmas was on a Sunday, I think the NFL, majority of the games get played Saturday. Get played on Saturday, which is true. And so we'll see, right? Like you said, like they have an opportunity now to play on Christmas, but then you wonder like ABC and ESPN are owned by the same company. Like then, you know, NBA. so it's like all those, it's all those like competing people, they're kind of like working for the same squad. So then do you want to have an NFL going on all day and NBA going on all day? Like, I don't know if they want that. Right. So like that might be the reasoning why they really haven't done many of those Christmas games. You know what I mean? If anything, you can do like last year, how Buck and Aikman called the Christmas game in New Orleans. You could have it where like Fox gets one and then CBS gets one or even put it on Amazon prime even. Yeah. No, you wouldn't do that, but you could, I mean, yeah, I suppose you could. But that would be kind of crazy to do that. It's like it defeats the purpose of it. You know what I mean? I think at least like yeah. they, they want they want the eyeballs on TV. And I know they're yeah. branching out. Oh, Amazon Prime and this and that. But like they're just trying to reach more people to say, oh, we have this reach or whatever. But like realistically, I think it's all about the ad money, you know. And you don't get as much ad money from from Amazon Prime, although the Amazon Prime's paying them, I'm sure. But like yeah. you know, it's yeah, that's. Any any game like that is always going to be broadcast on some sort of some sort of place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I just said I just said Amazon Prime, just like obviously like how they're branching it out and they the official provider yeah. for Thursday night football next year. I was going to say Thursday, right? Is it Thursday night yeah. that they have them all on there? Yeah. Except for if it's in your market, you get the game on TV. 
Got it. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so the Thursday night games aren't going to be on TV anymore? They're just going to be on Amazon Prime? In 2022. Ah, uh, in 2022. Got it. Yeah, 2021 will still be Fox and NFL Network, but then 2022 is Amazon Prime. But I think it'll be on, like, say, Fox 25 when the Patriots are on Thursday night. Right, right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Just the future, but no, I could like I like I said, I could see a world where you know what they do a four thirty and an eight fifteen game on Christmas, say if it's on Saturday or Sunday. Well, yeah, and if that's the case, then yeah, they might say if they're going to do that with those Thursday night games. Well, I didn't realize they were doing that. It was all on there. So if that's the yeah. case, they might do that and say, hey, well, you know, the four we'll throw the four thirty game on Amazon Prime instead. That way, it doesn't mess with you guys, and we'll do the eight thirty on whatever NBC yeah. or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Some people absolutely hated that, like the the news when Amazon Prime got the Thursday night. But I guess it's just getting with the times. That's new. It's just anything new, you know. I mean, yeah. who doesn't have Amazon Prime at this point? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everyone has Amazon, you know. But even still, it's like it's not on my TV, and it's like, well, it should be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> at this point, it kind of should be, you know. You so, but what are you gonna do? And then hopefully we get a nice little Christmas present because. I, I still think there's a very good chance either Buffalo is clinched by then or they're going to beat us on Christmas, on Boxing Day, and uh, which Boxing Day is like our Black Friday, right. Canadian Black Friday, even though we do celebrate Black Friday too. Um, just an excuse to shop. Um, that that game is basically Buffalo's, Buffalo's going to be in New England and they're going to clinch the division or like we beat them yeah. and then, hey, still hope's alive. But right. we'll, we'll see what happens. My big question with the Bills this year, though, on another note is – how are they going to feel now that their target's on their back? Last year, there was not a target on their back, and no one saw this coming. Now it's, hey, everyone's coming for you. Well, and that's a big question, right? Josh Allen made a huge leap, a huge yeah. leap forward last year. But then he, he got to the AFC Championship game, and he looked like crap in the AFC Championship game. He made the same mistakes. He looked, he looked like old Josh Allen. And the question is, can he consistently be as good as he was at the beginning of the year last year? Can he do that? And I think towards the end of the year, he started to fade a little bit. Not as not too much, but a little bit. Can he keep that consistent, you know, ability to not make dumb mistakes, to be accurate? Can he do that? And if he can, this team's going to go far. And if he can't, well, then they're not. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, I, I think. And so, but you're right. Like, it's a different animal when you walk into every single game and that's, like they have that game circled, like yeah. this team, we need to beat this team, you know, or like every game it's like, Hey, we're an up and coming team. If we beat this team, that could be huge for us. Like Buffalo's never been that before ever. And so you're right. Like people are going into the season thinking, man, if we can knock off Buffalo, like all of a sudden we're going to look great. Or like, if we can shut down Josh Allen, like, Holy crap, look how good we're going to be, yeah. you know? And they're playing a first place schedule. So they, they get Kansas city. They get, you know, did Pittsburgh? Yeah, Pitt, they get yeah. well, Pittsburgh's going to stink this year. But either way, like you know, you get you get the the division winners, right? So you know that to me, I think is a little bit extra. Where you're like, okay, now you got to deal with you know with the division winners in every spot. That makes it just makes it a little more challenging, I think. Exactly. And then on the week seventeen, where Happy New Year. Oh, there's a there's a nice little W to bring us into 2022. Travel. I, I could do a whole nother podcast about the Jacksonville Jaguars because, like, the Lawrence pick I liked, but then ETN, I was just like, that kills Robinson for fantasy, and I need people to stop comparing him to Alvin Kamara. I just, and, then the t- and then the new Tebow news, I'm just like, I'm going to quote you. Like, Urban, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right. 
No, that's it. I mean, like, Chat was ETN. Like, it's a it's a running back. Why are you taking a running back in the first round? Like, do you know? You know, that was a college coach move. That was a college yeah. coach move. Oh, hey, look at this running back. He could be so interesting. We're gonna pair him with pair him with his college quarterback. Blah, blah. Why? What are you doing that for? It just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. You can get a guy that can do things like that. You know, in the third, fourth round, Alvin Kamara wasn't a first round pick. Like, you know, you don't you don't need guys like that in the first round. And there were plenty of guys. And I know they they drafted um they draft Tevin Tevin Jenkins later. They drafted I know they drafted an offensive lineman later. Oh, Walker Little. Walker Little, that's who it was. So they drafted Walker Little in the second round. Fine. But like coming off ACL surgery, but yeah. Right. You could have drafted Tevin Jenkins at that spot. Like you could have drafted a lot of guys at that spot. You could have drafted Quinn Miners and you know, I guess Quinn Miners went went way later. So, but you could have drafted a, you know, Dylan Raddins. You could have drafted a bunch of guys in that spot that could have helped you. Most. Shoot. You could have drafted freaking Rashad Bateman in that spot. Like you could have drafted any of those guys in that spot. And you took a running back in the first round. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't help you. And especially like you said, J Rob, James Robinson had a phenomenal year last year. And so now what you're just like, you're not sold on James Robinson anymore. It's just, or you're gonna continue to feed James Robinson and bring in ETN in the third down back. Like that doesn't help you. It just it made no sense. That pick made no sense. And so I just don't I don't love it. But and again, you're rebuilding. Like bring guys around him that are playmakers. And yeah, sure, the running back's a playmaker too, but like bring in a Rashad Bateman. Bring in, you know, someone that you think is gonna that can help you right now. And oh, imagine sure. if you get you know, Shark, LaVisca Chenault, and, you know, whether it's Elijah Moore or or Rashad Bateman, like, their receiving core would be nasty yeah. for for um, for Trevor Lawrence. And then you still get up, you know, you still get your Walker Literal or, or whoever else in the second round, and, you know, and you're, and you're flying. I, I think that, that would have been the way to go, and uh, and it's not what they did. And I just, I just feel like, yeah, okay, fine. But, like, it, they could have done a lot better, I think. It's like with fantasy football where it's like, you know, where it's like, hey, I wanted, I got Derrick Henry. Oh, I wanted Alvin Kamara too with him coming up later saying, oh, we wanted Kadarius Tony. Well, you know what, Urban? You got you got to move up. Like he's he's also already made three moves that are super suspect. Like that one, the obviously there was the Crystal Oil hire that was quickly erased, but people are not going to forget that. And then obviously the whole, I don't want to get into the Tebow stuff because obviously right. it's a little. Ah, it's so show. stupid. Yeah. That but one's it's, so dumb. It's. Yeah. I can honestly, I said this last night, and I wouldn't be shocked if this happens, but I wouldn't be shocked if we eventually see like a John Beeline effect with him. Where yeah. he tries to run it like a college team, and then the players just don't like it. Like, I'm not, I, he's going to yeah. last a year. It's just how much more beyond that will he be? Could, well, the can, big thing, the big thing is going to be Lawrence, right? Trevor has yeah. to, has to buy in, has to be good. But again, in order for him to buy in and be good, you need two things you need to protect him, and you need to give him weapons. And so, like, yeah, you gave him the running back, fine. Yeah, you got him Walker Little, fine. But, like, is Walker Little going to be healthy for this year? Like, yeah, he's coming off ACL surgery. He should be okay. But could you have gotten a better offensive tackle? Could you have gotten a better receiver? Could you have gotten someone else that would have been? So, you know, those are the questions. And I, I just think I, I, I am always against drafting a running back in the first round. I thought the Steelers, like, Najee Harris to 24. Like, I get it. Najee Harris is a good good running back very good running back if you don't have guys that can block for him it doesn't matter and 
They don't. Their offensive line stinks, and they didn't even draft an offensive lineman. Like, so that, to me, was just like, okay, the Steelers are dumb. Like, that was stupid. They, you know, they needed, they had a need at running back, so they drafted a running back. It, like, draft a running back in the third round. You don't need a running back right now. Like, draft, you know, draft someone else. Again, same team. Draft Chevin Jenkins. Draft someone else. Like, he's, Villanueva's gone. He Villanueva went to, to, to Baltimore, your division rival. So yeah. now what? Like, who do you have now? A tackle. Nobody. You have a bunch of bums. And so, you know, you just, you're going to stink because, yeah, you drafted a first round running back. Guess what? If he doesn't have, a, have an offensive line, it doesn't matter because he's going to stink no matter what. You know, it's just, it's stupid. It, it was dumb. And I, and I agree with you. The ETN pick was just like, just dumb is what it was, yeah. you know? Like, look at Michael Carter going to the Jets in the fourth round. Right. Right. That's the whole point, right? It's like, yeah, you get Michael Carter, you get these guys. Like, it's just not, even the guy like Stevenson, I know Stevenson wasn't on a lot of people's radars, but like Stevenson goes in the fourth round too. It's just like, that's, that's what you're looking for. You're not looking for, you know, a guy in the first, it's just, it's so, it's so dumb. It's just not, that not how the NFL is set up anymore. The NFL isn't set up like that anymore. That's not how the NFL, it doesn't exist that way. It's not like, oh, we got our bell cow running back. No, nobody does that anymore. So, yeah. But, there's yeah. there's like certain exceptions, obviously, but like for the most part, everyone's gonna want to punch. Right, correct. Yeah, yeah and, and Travis, one... yeah, Travis Henry's maybe the exception, but still, are you are you drafting a guy banging on his Travis Henry? Yeah, like that's crazy. Derek, Travis Henry, Derek Henry. It's <laughs> all good. <laughs> you, um, I, I, I love the Sam Bradford thing. The, go. I wasn't gonna correct you again. I'm living in the nineties. It's all so. good. Um, did I say Sam Bradford instead of Sam yes, Darnold? Oh my lord, dude. Pat, it's late. We'll get we'll get Jack <laughs> shortly. We will kind of get some sleep. But um, the only other thing I was going to say with the Stevens pick, I I could already see a world where Damian Harris is the main running back, say on your first and tens. But then say if he gets like a six seven yard gain, it's like second and thirty. You need someone just to plow through for three yards to get a first down. That's where Stevens comes in, and then yeah. for pass pro, obviously. Right. Yeah. It's, we'll see. Right. I don't know if he's going to even. Well, I think the big question to me is Sony. If Sony's still on the team, Stevenson's probably probably going to be in street clothes all year long, similar to what James White was. Take a redshirt year and kind of go from there. Although he's a, he's already a good pass blocker, so like they don't need to necessarily teach him that. So he that could spell him being on the field right away. I think I do think if Sony has any value at all, they should trade him because they're obviously not going to resign him. Yeah, I and think so, the money's going to go to win. Right. Right. So, yeah, if if, you know. if Win has a good if Win can stay healthy and have a good season, actually, excuse me, I think he's going to get paid. But if you had to ask me to pick between Isaiah, between two Georgia uh, Bulldogs, yeah. I right. think Isaiah Win's the one. Well, paid. Win already got the fifth year option. They already picked the fifth year option up, and they didn't pick Sony's up. So, so Win's going to be on the team next year. I would think the Patriots will let that play out. I'd be shocked if they gave him an extension if he if he was healthy for this year, only because unless he took a discount because yeah. he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and so I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay him until he can prove that he can stay healthy for for a few years in a row. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and then what's uh week eighteen Miami. there in Miami? That's a loss. That's I mean that's they're in Miami. Like it's just unfortunately you play in Miami end of the year you lose. It's just what the Patriots do every year every time they play down there, which stinks. But like you know it just that's that's the way it goes. You know. You know what that you know what that game smells to me like. Winner take all, loser go home. I mean, it certainly or might one be. of the wild card spots. 
Certainly, my, and that's that would really suck if we had to play to play Miami yeah. in Miami to get a wild card spot, and you end up losing. And then again, you get the you get what the fifteenth, sixteenth pick, and you're like, yeah. game two seventy two waste, you know. So, but yeah, but it, we'll see. So, but I think I do think right now. We, all right, so we get to Carolina. We're seven and two, yeah. right? You beat one of Tennessee or Cleveland, right? So there's eight and two. You beat Miami. There's eight uh, nine. So and then you have three losses. So nine and three. Pencil in a loss for Buffalo, so nine and four. I think they beat Indy, uh, so ten and so ten and four. We'll we'll give we'll give the Buffalo another loss, so ten and five. Then you beat Jacksonville, that's eleven and five, right? Now you now you play in Miami with eleven wins, trying to get into the playoffs, and that could be it, right? Eleven and six might not get you in the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, right. I, I, so. It's a it, we it's a good it's a good ass conference this year. So like I could see 11, 11 and six not getting you in, and now you're going to Miami, eleven and five. Miami's eleven and five or something like that. And you're like, if we win, we're in. If we lose, we're out. And you're like, oh yeah. no. So that would be fascinating. That'd be interesting. And then that game, that's one of those games where then they get flexed to Sunday night, right? Then that's one of those. You know, that's one of the NFC East teams where it's like okay this team you know whoever whoever wins gets in and whoever loses gets out and you you know you wait until the sunday night game to kind of to kind of play that out as much as you can so um i don't feel good about it i'll tell you that much <laughs> I don't feel neither good do about I. It. it's just it's just the miami curse like 2019 obviously was the little asterisk because it was a they, miami was rebuilding we beat them 43 right. nothing it was the beginning of the year but uh 2017 was the monday night football game 2018, I don't like to talk about because it no, brings back bad memories. And then last year, they won the Super Bowl. The only the only memory I have from 2018 is that they won the Super Bowl. I yeah. nothing happened. I had to pick up my daughter from Girl Scouts, and I was like, "Oh, good, all right, they won." And I went in to go pick up my daughter, and I got a text from like someone like kill me or something like that, and I was like, "What? Like, what are you talking about?" And I walked in. My dad was sitting in the car waiting for me, and I was like, "What happened?" And he was like. We're never going to speak of this ever again. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? And then I went home and watched the replay. And Nicole was like, did you see it? And I was like, I was picking up Violet from Girl Scouts. And she was like, I don't know if you want to watch it. And I was like, I have to, you know? And then, oh, God. I will say, uh, Hank from uh, Part of My Take was like, the the day of was like the, the, uh, the, Super, Bowl, the Super Bowl DVD is going to start with this play. Yeah. And they were like, laughed at him and they won the Super Bowl. So. Uh, you know, so that's what I always think of. Thank, thanks to, thanks for Hank, to Hank Lockwood for, uh, for that one. Oh, so. Shout out part of my take. I love the podcast, but like, it's, it's just, it's just how we see it. It's just Miami's always that elusive trap game. I know some players call it the South beach flu. Jason McCourty's going to have like a game. Oh, just God. like, he's just going to, he's going to ruin our season and just like have like a game, like ending interception Yeah, or like a sack at like, not a sack, but he's, yeah, he's got a game interception, really interception yeah. to lose. Russell is. Oh, it's just, that's just that's just how fate is when we play in Miami. Right. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Every time. But <laughs> the only thing I was gonna, a couple of things I was gonna add before we got out of here is with the AFC, I can see like like we said, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cleveland, one, two, three. Yep. Fourth is whoever wins the South, which I think I'm going Indy just because like I I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee took a step back just because of Arthur Smith being gone. Yeah. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Again, Indy. The question with Indy is. Is you know what are you going to get from Carson Wentz? 
If you get exactly. decent, if you get decent Carson Wentz, you can absolutely win that division. They got a good enough defense to do it. Yeah. If you get bad Carson Wentz, they're in lots of they're in lots of trouble. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because Arthur Smith, like I said, with Tennessee, but Arthur Smith left. Which fun fact: his father is actually the founder of FedEx. Look at that. Well, Arthur Smith not hurting for money. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and but I can like the the only reason I was getting at that was because I can see like fourth to like the fifth, five, six, seven being like a combination of say I think Baltimore gets one of those. Yep. Yep. And then I could see it being either L.A., Miami, us, or. Pittsburgh and Tennessee, like finishing and then rounding out kind of like eight and nine. Like, yeah. Like I mean, that. that's, that's a tough, because you're right. So you got the AFC East winner, AFC North winner, AFC West winner, AFC South winner. Okay. So you got four teams right there. So yeah. great. So we, and we know, you know, we don't know for sure, but we assume, like you said, Buffalo, Kansas city, Cleveland. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, whether it's, whether it's Tennessee or, or Indy, either way, that other, the second of those teams is going to be tough. Yeah. Right, so you're like you're looking at it, thinking, okay, whichever team from the South doesn't win the division is going to be tough. Then you get the Patriots, then you get the Dolphins. You're already at seven teams now at this point, right? Now you're talking about the Raiders, who who knows, right? What we're going to get from the Raiders, but talk about a gutted old line. I know the Ravens, the Steelers, who I think is going to stink, but they'll, I mean, they'll be in the hunt probably for a while. So yeah. like. That's 10 teams right there. Like, you know, now, and, and I didn't even mention the Chargers. So it's like, so now it's all, you got 11 teams fighting for seven spots. And yeah, of course, like things are going to play out throughout the year that, you know, we think that team's going to be good and all of a sudden they're not good. But that's why, man, like 11 and six might not get you into the playoffs, which yeah. would suck for, for whoever finishes 11 and six and misses the playoffs. But like, that would suck, you know? And so. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very competitive conference, I think. Oh no, for sure. But then, like, there's like the lower tiers of everything, and then even with the Raiders too. I think, I think they miss, and Mike Mayock's the one who's the person hung out to dry, and he gets fired, and he's back at the NFL Network by the combine. I mean, at a certain point, the problem is that can you even bring that guy back to the NFL Network? Like, he's not a draft expert. And after what he's done in Bob, in in Oakland. Vegas, I guess now he's not a draft expert at this point. Like you just not. And like, you know, the guys at two, four and draft said it perfectly. Like they hit singles. Like that's what they do, right? Yeah. You get in the first round, you hit singles like Cleveland Farrell, decent player. He's a good player. They drafted him number four overall. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Right? Like you drafted Alex Leatherwood at 17 overall. Alex Leatherwood. like Because was, Tom Cable loves him. He was offensive tackle seven, and you drafted him 17th overall. <laughs> you could have gotten him at your pick in the second round, you know? So, like, yeah. that's one of those things. Where, and, and listen, there are supposedly people say, oh, you know, he would have gotten drafted in the first round. People liked him. Like, maybe they did. But you could have gotten someone just as good as him in the second round. You know, it's just not. So, to me, I just thought, like, that's crazy, you know? And they did it again. I mean, they are you know, the consensus board, the athletics consensus board, right? Where they take like 150 different boards or whatever they right. reach. They, they're they consistently reaching on that consensus board over and over and over again every year. And those guys aren't impact players. Again, they're fine. They're decent players, but they're not impact players winning them a division or winning them games. It's just, it, it's, it's a mess over there. And And I agree with you. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I don't see how Mike Mayock has a job next year. I just don't see it. 
I only said the NFL Network thing just because it's like, look, you can bring it back as people kind of like like his analysis. But you're right, like all he's done is draft out of the big schools, expecting, hey, look, he went to Clemson, he went to Bama, he went to Ohio State, he's going to be a good NFL player, which may or may not be the case. It's like we're still waiting on Damon Arnett, we're still waiting on uh, like right. Jacobs is Jacobs is a good running back, but Kenyon Drake kills, yeah, like kills after fantasy just, value and is playing so time. bizarre. Yeah, like it's it's, so it's just. It's it's drawing. I think it's just like Mark Davis. He's a cheap owner. Like obviously, like yeah. that's a very broad statement because obviously he's not uh, not cheap in that sense. But obviously, like we we know the stories with, with the old minivan, the flip phone, the hair, weekly haircuts, and then the PF change bill. But he's gonna keep Gruden because he's not gonna pay Gruden sixty million dollars not to coach his team. So Mike, that's and then it's like. It's like, look, he threw Reggie McKenzie under the bus and built his team. Like, I think honestly, it's John, it's John Gruden calling the shots. Mike Mayock's just a face that gets put out from the media. That, and that could certainly be the case. Yeah, because it was Pro Football. It was Mike Florio who said from Pro Football Talk, uh, "We haven't really heard from Gruden since the draft." No. Yeah. No. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. See. That's that's an interesting team to watch because uh, certainly if that if that blows up in their face. Uh, you know, I, I almost if if I'm if I'm a Raiders fan, I almost hope it does, because then Carr doesn't get re-signed. Yeah, you get one of those quarterbacks next year, like then you can start rebuilding, and and kind of see where it goes. And you know, who knows? Who knows if that'll happen or not? But if I'm if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm almost hoping for for a disaster because there's no way this team can can really compete with some of these teams, and you know. If they're good again this year, Derek Carr gets the big extension. Yeah. And so it's like, do you really want to give Derek Carr the big extension? Like, I I don't. And so, you know, that's the hard part. Because he's still on his rookie deal, is he not? Right? Isn't he? I heard he's on like uh, another he's on his second contract, but it's not worth it. Oh, yeah, like but it's not it's not amount. huge. It's not huge, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's not um It's like Kelsey. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. So let's see. Well, yeah. he signed a five-year 125, but still, five-year 125. It's 25 and he's got per. he's got he's got two years left. So, yeah, yeah. so he's got two I, years I, left this year. I still think they're going to get off to like a like a three and one start, and then they go like four and six down the stretch. Right. Which, by the way, zero dead cap next year for them. So like that's why it's like if he stinks this year, you can move him for and literally have zero dead cap next year. That's so Aaron Rodgers, Vegas quarterback, twenty twenty two. Got it. Hey, you know, <laughs> I'd rather that than the Broncos to be honest, because Broncos are just a team I've never really had any like like or admiration for, and I still believe that John Elway purposely brings in mediocre quarterbacks, so he's always the greatest Bronco of all time. Maybe okay. outside of Peyton Manning, I guess, right? Exactly. And um, on that note, the only thing we're going to say is, I know Manning seems now that like he's been more attached to the Broncos than the Colts. I pray to God that does not happen with our beloved. No, no chance. No chance. Because because the – no, there's no chance that happens. I think I think he'll come back and sign like a one-day contract and retire with like – Yeah, Brady. I think so. I mean, you know, Brady, uh, Manning also played, what, 13, 14, 15 – Six four seasons. seasons, right? Didn't he play four seasons there? So yes, and I guess theoretically Brady could play four seasons in in Tampa, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if I buy into that. 
you know. I still I think it's going to be after next year. I think you know what twenty two. Yeah. He like because he'll play till he's forty five, like he's always said, and then I think he'll. And then it'll be the end of that. Yeah. And then yeah. Kyle Trask takes over. Oh God. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck with that, Tampa. Well, so that's their life. Yep. Well, anyway, Pat, it's been a it's been a blast getting to talk to you today, getting to catch up. Yeah. We looked at the schedule; it's four months away. But I know uh, this is I, I I know we I always say this: the NFL is like a year round thing. But I feel like this is the time of year where it's like in quotes slow. Like it's not slow, slow, but it's like not as heavy news pace. Where right? Well, that's the, the thing. Leading up to the draft, right? It's like nonstop. You know, you're looking at rookies, you're looking at prospects, you're, where's the, where are they going to go, who's going to happen, who are they going to draft, who are they going to sign, who are they going to, all this other stuff. And then the draft happens, and then you're like, okay, uh, training camps in three months. All right, here comes, here's the countdown. Like, and now, what do you talk about? Like, who's going to win in training camp? I guess, but like, yeah. the guys are already on the team. They're not going to get anyone else. I mean, unless they trade for someone, like, they're not going to get anyone else. So it's kind of like, the team is set. Now we're just waiting for them to all show up at camp. So, uh, so you're right. It is. It's definitely the slow time. Yeah, exactly. And even like when I say the slow time, like it's just a good opportunity to like kind of, you know, kind of like mellow out for a bit and like not be yeah. so in into it. But then at the same time, too, hey, who knows? Drake or Patrick could sign a contract tomorrow, and he's the uh, next cornerback for the Pats. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Never know. Wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. We need depth. We do, and especially with J Mac on, you know, um, yeah. like we mentioned. So, yeah, they're gonna need someone for sure. 100%. Well, folks, that's going to do it for episode 91 of YWC Football Talk. Uh, Road to 100 continues. I'll, I'll make it there sooner than later. But anyway, guys, just a big thanks again once to Pat Lane. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at PLane underscore Pats. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, been on your page enough times to, uh, to know what it is. Uh, but anyway, Pat, thank you for coming on. And uh, I'll see you folks next time here on YWC Football Talk. Good night, everyone. See you guys. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.